been a very joyful weekend for the Diocese of Rockford. Yesterday in Rockford at the Cathedral, we had the ordination mass. So we had three young men ordained transitional deacons. One of those being our very own uh, seminarian, John Claydar. He's now Deacon John Claydar. So we give thanks to God for that. And then we also had one man ordained a priest yesterday. His name was Father Jonathan Sarmiento. He's going to be the one coming here to our parish to replace Father Mano. So I just ask you to keep uh, in your prayers all of those four men, but especially Deacon John Claydar and Father Jonathan Sarmiento as they prepare to minister here to our parish. It's also a very joyful weekend because this weekend we celebrate the Solemnity of Corpus Christi. So two weekends ago, we had Pentecost celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit into the church. Last week, we celebrated Trinity Sunday, the highest mystery of our faith. And then this week, we celebrate Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And as I was preparing for this homily, I was reminded of something that we would do at the seminary every year. So I went to the seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's on the campus of St. Thomas University. It's just a regular undergraduate university, a Catholic university. And on the campus, there are two chapels, but they're kind of like on the opposite ends of campus from each other. And every year, on the feast of St. Charles Borromeo, who is the patron saint of seminarians, it's on November 4th every year, we would do a Eucharistic procession from one chapel to the other. So we would start at one, have mass, take the Eucharist, process across campus with it over to the other chapel, and then have 40 hours of adoration for the rest of the weekend. And so we would always move it to either the weekend before or after November 4th, so that that procession was always on a Friday night. So imagine that, a college campus, and sometimes it would even be on Halloween, right? College campus, people are dressed up, Kids are, you know, doing whatever they're doing, have fun, good time. And here we are, hundreds of people processing across campus with the Eucharist. Some people would see us and just like not know what the heck we were doing. Other people though would see us and they would kneel down as we walked by. They would kneel down in adoration of the Eucharist. And it was such a beautiful thing to see, such a testament to their faith because they knew something special was happening. So let me put it to you this way. What if we had been doing that procession with, say, a banner that said, praise be Jesus Christ? That would have been a neat thing, right? It would be a, a cool way to show our faith in Jesus Christ. But would people have knelt down in adoration of that banner? I don't think so. What if we did that procession with, say, like a processional cross, something like that, just a across the crucifix. What if we had carried that through campus? Again, that would be a neat thing. It'd be a cool way for us to show our uh, faith in Jesus Christ. But when we went by with those people who were doing other things, would they have stopped to notice? Would they have stopped and knelt down in adoration? No, they wouldn't have. And it's because we recognize that there's something different about the Eucharist. There's something different about what's in that tabernacle than that statue of Jesus over there. Why don't we adore that statue? Because it's not actually Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. It reminds us of Jesus. We adore what's in that tabernacle because it really is Jesus himself. The Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself, God, made present to us. 
And so recognize that when we're at Mass and the priest holds up that host, like I'll do in a few minutes here, when he holds up the chalice and he holds up the host, recognize what you're doing in that moment. Because you guys are kneeling right then. You guys are kneeling in adoration. You guys are worshiping what I'm holding in my hands at that moment. It better not just be a piece of bread, right? Because that would mean we're worshiping bread at that moment. And that would be silly. It's not merely a piece of bread. It's not bread anymore. It's not just a symbol of Jesus Christ. It's not meant to remind us of Jesus Christ. No, it is Jesus Christ himself. A miracle takes place every time we come to Mass. Ordinary, worthless bread becomes God himself. And this, brothers and sisters, is the center of our faith. As the Catechism says, the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. This is what everything else focuses on. This is the nucleus. This is the center of everything. And when you can assent to that, when you can assent that a miracle is happening, bread turning into God himself, if you're willing to accept that, you should be willing to accept anything else that the church says freely. If you can accept that bread is turning into God, you should be able to accept the church's teaching on abortion, the church's teaching on marriage and family life, the church's teachings on end-of-life issues. You should be able to say, yeah, of course I believe those things because I believe what's happening here. I believe what we're worshiping. It's God himself present to us. If I believe that, of course I believe those other things. That's easy. This is the source and the summit of our faith, brothers and sisters. This is it. This is why we're here. To receive God himself. And so this is a good moment for us to take a step back and recognize or try and evaluate ourselves on how we receive the Eucharist. Are we receiving the Eucharist in a good way? And so just a couple uh, suggestions for you or directions on how to actually receive the Eucharist. When you come forward in the line, the minister is going to hold up the Eucharist and say, the body of Christ. They're making a statement right there. They're saying, this is Jesus. When you come up to receive that, you should hear that statement and assent to it by saying, amen. When you say amen, when you come up for communion, you're saying, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that that's Jesus. I can't wait to receive him. All right? So when you come up for communion, don't be afraid to give a nice, firm amen. I believe that, and I want to receive Jesus. And then when you receive him, if you're receiving in the hand, just make a, a nice throne for Jesus Christ, your king. Please don't try and grab it from the minister or anything like that. Just hold out your hands simply, gently, and let the minister give you Jesus Christ. And then lastly, once you've received that, please consume the host right away. I know some people like to try and um, maybe hang on to it for a few steps or even sometimes go back to their pew. We ask that you please don't do that because the ministers have to make sure that you consume Jesus Christ. Because again, it's God. And as ministers, we are the protectors of that sacrament. So it's important for us to be able to see that you consume that right away. Okay, so then once you've consumed Jesus Christ, once God is living in you, what do you do then? 
when you go back to your pew? Do you go back to your pew and do you kind of like talk with your family and friends? Do you go back to your pew and do you let your mind just sort of wander after that, waiting for church to be over? When you go back to your pew, do you check your phone? I mean, hopefully no one's using their phone in mass, but I know it can be distracting. Do you go back to your pew at all? Or do you leave right after mass, before mass is over? Sorry, right after communion, before mass is over. How do you prepare yourself to receive communion? Are you there right now, trying your best to pray? Trying your best to understand what's happening? Trying your best to prepare your heart to receive God himself to live within you? Do you go to confession regularly to make sure that you don't have any mortal sins before you receive Jesus in the Eucharist? These are all important things to consider, brothers and sisters, because again, we are receiving the greatest treasure that there is on earth. Literally, the most valuable thing that exists. Again, God himself in the Eucharist. Scott Hahn puts it this way, what if we were standing up here every weekend at Mass, handing out checks for $10 million? What do you think would happen? Obviously, everyone would come to Mass, not just Catholics. Everyone would go to Mass to get a piece of that valuable thing, to get their $10 million. And then we realize that what we're actually doing, receiving God himself, is infinitely more valuable than $10 million. $10 million compared to God, that's nothing. Literally, that's nothing. We receive Jesus Christ himself here every weekend. And that's why it's important to be here. That's why we have to be here to receive him, to let him live within us. So when you receive communion, go back to your pew. Spend that quiet time, that special time with Jesus, because you'll never be closer to him than in that moment. He substantially lives within you. So give him your cares in that time. Give him your worries. Give him the things that you need help with. Ask him for things. Share your joys, share the good things with him. But just sit and receive that love that he wants to give you while he lives in you in the Eucharist. In chapter six of the Gospel of John, Jesus is giving what's known as the bread of life discourse. So Jesus is talking to lots of his disciples at that point, probably hundreds of people. And he's telling them over and over again, you have to eat my flesh, you have to drink my blood. My flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. Saying this over and over and over again, trying to help them get the picture. And then what happens? Many of them leave because they're like, what the heck, how are we gonna eat this guy's flesh and blood? They leave because they don't trust him. They leave because they don't understand. And then Jesus, at that point, turns to his 12 apostles, his closest group, and he says, are you guys going to leave too? And then Peter speaks up. He says, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing else. There's nowhere else to go. Receive Jesus well because he has the words of eternal life.